Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Monday the 8th of June. The purpose of this bulletin is simply to try and keep you abreast of what's sticking out as unexpectedly good or bad in the data from the world's economies. On Mondays, I also do a short rundown in trends in currencies, commodities and US bonds, seeking to identify trends and changes in those trends. Usually, there's little to report, but this week has seen a change in fundamental regime, with the dollar initiating a weakening trend against the special drawing right basket of currencies. This was triggered mainly by strength in the euro, but both sterling and China's renminbi are also within range of swapping weakening trends for strengthening trends. When the dollar goes from a strengthening trend to a weakening trend, it also signals a change in the balance between disinflationary forces and inflationary forces. Disinflation out, reflation in. And we've already seen the Aussie dollar, which is a classic commodities currency, reverse out of a weakening trend that has been in place since 2016. And today, it also looks as if Brent crude is also starting a strengthening trend. Overall, the Coldwater Global Shocks and Surprises Index continues to strengthen, with Asia now very positive, the US breaking into positive territory, and only Europe still negative. Today's news, however, focuses almost exclusively on Asia, because neither Europe nor the US is releasing significant data today. But over in Asia, it's been a busy day, and one with significant issues to wrestle with. China reported exports down 3.3% year-on-year, with a monthly movement 0.6 standard deviations below historic seasonal trends, and imports fell 16.7% and were 1.2 standard deviations below trend. Together, they produced a trade surplus put at $62.9 billion, which is a record and far larger than the $44.5 billion surplus expected. But this is one of the occasions where I think something has gone wrong in China's data. In this case, almost certainly a genuine fat finger error rather than anything else. The problem shows up in the composition of that 62.9 billion surplus. China's customs administrations reports that 18.2 billion worth of that surplus comes from the EU, and that within that total, there's a 27.9 billion surplus with Italy alone. Eh? Given everything we know about Italy's circumstances, that is a wildly unlikely outcome. Now, China has been targeting investments in Italy's ports, so it's tempting to imagine China piling up mountains of unsold inventory in Genoa's warehouses and counting them as exports. That's possible, I suppose, but it's far more likely that we're dealing with a fat finger error here. Customs data says China exported $37.2 billion gross worth of goods to Italy in May, which is actually more than the $35.5 billion gross exported to the US as a whole. That's mathematically not possible. My guess is that exports to Italy were not $37.2 billion, but $3.72 billion. What is more, if you tally up the visible surpluses China details for major trading blocks, the surplus comes to $42.9 billion, which is you know, pretty much as one expected.
I think it is inevitable that China will have to retract that 62.9 billion surplus and that in the end we'll be looking at a surplus of around, yes, around 42.9 billion for May. What I can't figure out is whether May's export result will also have to be revised down. Talking of revisions, Japan published revisions to its first quarter GDP data and they were quite sharp upward revisions. Rather than falling an annualised 4.7% as initially claimed, the fall in real GDP, GDP was restated as only 2.2%. What's making the difference here is the jump in private non-residential investment, which rose, rose an annualised 8%. We talked about how surprising this jump in first quarter investment spending was last week when looking at the Ministry of Finance's first quarter survey of balance sheets and P&Ls. That found first quarter corporate capex up 4.4% as manufacturers doubled down on investment in the capital's goods sector. Nominal GDP was also revised up to minus 0.9% year on year from initially stated minus 1.2%. Once again, non-residential investment is the driver, revised up from a fall of 4% year-on-year to a fall of one6 These upward revisions haven't been enough to rescue profits, however. My calculations of Kalecki profits shows a fall of 2.3% year-on-year in the 12 months to March versus a fall of 6% in calendar 2019, and compares with a fall of 15.3% in ordinary profits recorded in the MOF survey. Japan's banking system continues to be very supportive, with lending up 5.1% year-on-year in May versus 3.1% in April. That may not seem like a breakneck pace, but in Japanese terms it really is. The sequential growth of the loan book in May was off the scale relative to what usually happens. In fact, it was 14.4 standard deviations above what you'd normally expect in a May for Japan. Over in Europe, the Centix Investor Confidence Index for June jumped 17 points to minus 24.8, an improvement that was pretty much in line with expectations, and Germany's April industrial production fell 17.9%, which is also similar to consensus forecasts. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more, please feel free to contact me on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com. And if you find some value in these bulletins, please help spread the word. Thank you.